Hi there, your host Janika here. Welcome to the Just You podcast. If you've arrived here, there's absolutely no coincidence. It means you're ready to take control of your life story and make the narrative yours. Let's get into it. Hey, storytellers. I am so excited to bring this interview to you. It was incredible. It was such an honor. I got to sit with Jess Kitchen, who is a thriller author, and she has a debut book called The Girl She Was Before, which was only released in October 2021. It's incredible. As a proud advocate for anti-bullying and self-acceptance, she uses those themes in her storytelling, and she touches on the issues at hand. She signed to Kingsley Publishers for a three-book deal, with her second novel being due for release later this year, so keep an eye out for that one. Originally from Bradford, England, she currently lives in Sydney with her fiancé, Jack. Her two goals in life were to move to Australia and to have a book published. To be able to say that she's done both is something that she still is wrapping her head around and she is just lovely. Our conversation touches on following your dream and the importance of words, taking control of your narrative and moving through fear, using what makes you unique to push you through and It's wonderful. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. As usual, stick around to the end and we'll workshop this episode together. Okay, so I'm connecting with you, Jess. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be interviewing you today for the Just You podcast. And I'd like to start off by asking my guest, uh, what does storytelling mean to you and why is it so important? I feel like um, this is a question that when you sent it, I've been really thinking about it. Um, (laughs) And I guess for me, I feel like the reason storytelling is so important, I feel like especially at the minute, we live in a world that feels really divided. But I think things like songs and art and music and books are those things that you kind of just all come together for and it's one of those like universal things that you know a good story or something that makes you feel and that you connect with it kind of makes you I don't know forget you've had a bad day or forget what's going on in the world you know when you look on the news and you're like I don't really want to see that anymore um it's that little bit of escapism and I think it's just in the least cheesy way it's a little bit of magic in the middle of real life is how I would describe storytelling yes I love that Jess it's like a little bit of magic and especially with the times that we're going through now and that we're experiencing Mm. now as a collective, I think just having that escapism and that togetherness through storytelling is so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Thank you for asking it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah. And your story is so powerful. But before we dive in, let's maybe give the listeners a little bit of background about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you discovered your passion for writing and what you do. Yeah, so my name's Jess Kitchen. Um, originally, I'm from a place called Bradford in the north of England, which is the very strong accent. Sounds a little bit like a Game of Thrones <laughs> character. I get told often. Oh, that's um, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it definitely makes me feel like I stand out here. Um, yes. And so originally in England, I used to be a primary school teacher, but I always wanted to be an author. But I think like a lot of people, life kind of got in the way. Um, but one of my biggest dreams in life was to move to Australia. It was always something I wanted to try do. So I did it about three years ago. And then when I came here, I was like, oh, well, I've, I've done that scary big dream. Why not try the other one? And then yeah, luckily for me, worked very hard writing, but have managed to sign a three book deal with Kingsley Publishers. And my first book, The Girl She Was Before, was released in October. 
Yes, and congratulations about that. That is so awesome that not only you followed your dream to move countries, which I know is really quite an endeavor, um, but you also were able to pursue your other dream, which is also a huge endeavor of getting a book published and three deals through that same publisher. So yeah, congratulations. That is massive. And thank you. Yeah. And I'm just really, I know we're probably going to touch a little bit more on your storytelling story in a second, but I just would Mm -hmm. love to dive in for a second on, you say that you had a sort of burning desire to to move to Australia and it was one of your dreams and did you know that from a young age or was that something that kind of came about through as you grew into your own story and figured mm-hmm. out where you wanted to be? I think um, so I have an uncle that um, when he was younger he met an Australian and they've moved over to Australia so when I was 14 we um, came out and visited them and that was the first time I'd ever come to Australia and I was like this place is amazing (laughs) (laughs) and just ever since then I was like oh it's just so beautiful I used to watch Home and Away and just (laughs) just imagine that was what life in Australia was like like it would be rainy in England and I'd be like but look at the beaches in Summer Bay (laughs) (laughs) amazing so it was just it was I think since actually visiting it was definitely I was like I want to try go there and just like experience this incredible country um and just got very lucky I think since since I started working I just always used to save towards Australia I I was very single-minded to be like nope I will save my money to go to Australia good for you that's so important to be able to be disciplined like that when you've got a dream Yeah, because it's not yeah. it's not easy moving your whole life. And me and my family have just experienced that. We've just moved back to Australia from Canada. Mm. And it is an endeavor. It is an endeavor. Yes. And I met my now husband. We met in Bondi, actually. Like we lived in Bondi and we met in mm-hmm. Sydney. And he was Canadian. And I followed him back to Canada. And all my friends thought I was insane for, for following <laughs> my heart and like, taking this big endeavor and this big risk but I definitely knew that that was the route that I was supposed to go Mm. and it sounds like you knew as well that Australia had your heart so that's fascinating yeah yeah I think sometimes it it sounds really cheesy but sometimes you just know and it's one of those things that I do think I didn't quite realize how difficult moving country was going to be I do think I was very much just like oh yeah and then homesickness hits and you're a bit like oh (laughs) but yeah even just like the foods and the smells and the small things of home that you miss. And I always hear from Brits that the chocolate, the dairy milk chocolate does not taste the same here. Yeah, not even slightly. I remember having it for the first time and being like, ooh, this could almost make me go back home. Yeah, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing about yourself. And as I said before, I think your story and your journey through your writing has been what drew me to you and um, I'm really passionate about authentic storytelling and you've achieved these incredible dreams of yours of moving to Australia and then publishing your first book with Kingsley Publishers and what drew me to you was how open and honest you are about sharing how your own life's narrative has really helped shape your writing particularly with (laughs) your thriller The Girl She Was Before And I would love for you to share with us, you know, what your experience was in writing that book and how it came to be through your own experiences. Yeah, so um, a little hard on a podcast when I guess people are listening, but I'm someone with a facial birthmark. Um, On my forehead, I have 
I call it like a strawberry shape. It's a strawberry shaped birthmark on my forehead and it's kind of like a, a pinky colour. Um, and I always, like I said, I always wanted to write. I was always like, you know, that girl that was heading the books and stuff, but I was always really shy about it. I never really told anyone. Um, and as I got older, I started doing a few bits of like interviewing different women from around the world. And then through that, I started um, kind of doing a bit of advocacy work for facial differences and birthmarks and just talking about, I guess, your experiences um, and what it's what it's like growing up with something that, you know, people look at you and go, you're ugly or different or just make an assumption about you um, and I was p- doing a, an interview with a UK charity and this the interviewer said to me she was like uh, oh what can tell us some of your experiences when you were younger so I just kind of really off the cuff was like oh yeah I had a coin thrown at my head for target practice I remember going into a shop one day for makeup because um, I used to wear really thick cover-up makeup and the lady was like you're so brave going outside looking like that if I looked like you I would just stay inside and she was like <laughs> just horrible so lady on quite thick with it but didn't think she was saying anything wrong she was like we'll make you look beautiful don't worry you'll be normal in no time oh, and geez. it's that those kind of things that you know that stay with you so like I said it's like in this you just kind of off the cuff and the interviewer was like I'm so sorry you were bullied and I was like oh no I had friends I, I look back on school genuinely and I'm like I, I enjoyed it but I started to think you know, you have all got those days where we look in the mirror and we go like, I hate myself or I don't feel attractive. But a lot of the things I said were never actually my own words. It was always, you know, things other people had said. And so I just kind of thought, you know, if I'm not someone who really saw myself as being bullied, imagine if you were, like, I know I've been affected by my birthmark and people's reactions to me. So imagine if you were someone that felt you'd been bullied and that's kind of where the story spiraled from. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful, Jess. And I think I was just talking about this with a girlfriend the other day about how powerful words can be and how powerful the spoken Mm -hmm. word can be. And even in just an off the cuff conversation that sometimes Mm -hmm. someone will say something with no ill intent at all, you know, but Mm -hmm. it really sticks with us and it it can affect us. Mm -hmm. And the power of the spoken word is just it's unforgettable sometimes you know Mm -hmm. it really can affect someone for the rest of their life if they let it if Mm. they choose to let it do that so yeah yeah yeah. I totally couldn't agree more I think it's one of those things where because we've all said stuff we don't mean like I have I've said things I don't mean I've said things in arguments you know and in the heat of the moment sometimes you look back and you're like oh I shouldn't have shouldn't have said that and you kind of don't always realize the power that those words have and I think sometimes with social media when people are typing comments and sending things, I don't think we realise sometimes that there's somebody on the other side of that that's reading that, that takes that word, that that insult, and it does stay with you. Like, from personal experience, I'm sure most of us know what it feels like to have someone say something that stays with you. Yes, definitely, and especially when you're growing up and you're, Mm. you know, finding yourself as well and you're in that real, you're experimenting with what's right for you and what's wrong with you, and I think it's really interesting that you touched on that, like the things that you had thought about yourself were pieces from other people like in Mm. passing someone had said something that you just carried with you until you Mm. assessed it and I just think that that is so powerful as well yeah because it was it sounds silly but when I was really small before I'd started school I never realized I was different or different had never been made to be a bad thing like my mum used to always be like your birthmark's just where you've been kissed by an angel she always used to tell me that and I'd be like oh I've been kissed by an angel yeah yeah I was like thank you and like my my family were great they never made me feel like 
the way I looked was different oh I get a bad thing and it's just it's that yeah as you get older I just put other people comment and other people it's that it's that that changed it it wasn't anything I didn't have I didn't grow up thinking I wasn't born thinking my birthmark's horrible it was the world around me that told me it was which made me believe it yes definitely definitely and so you like correct me if I'm wrong but you used that experience to (laughs) push yourself into advocating for these really important causes like anti-bullying and also just that self embracing your differences that self-satisfaction and like really embracing what makes you you and I just think that that's that's really powerful as well (laughs) yeah I think it's one of those great spheres online that there's so much um emphasis around um I didn't grow up in Australia but I imagine it was very similar like the magazines were all like lose five pounds in a week and you know oh this person's got cellulite and you kind of grew up taking that in but I feel like there's such a great um almost like wave online at the minute of people talking about things like actually you know beauty is not this tiny standard that everybody's got to you know lose weight and dress like this to fit into and there's it's nice to kind of see that that diversity and representation starting to open up and widen a little bit more and that more people are telling their stories yes I completely agree and I um I, so I was born in the U.S. Um, and my father's African-American and um, Native American and my mother is Irish, actually. And mm. I look nothing like her. It's hilarious. She has like really blonde hair and she's so pale and, and has beautiful skin, <laughs> but we look quite different. And I'm a bit of a mix of both of them. And I just remember growing up and not having any representation mm. in Australia because I, I grew up in Australia and feeling at the time, not understanding that I was any different. But Mm. as I've now gotten older and I'm seeing the change and the mix of diversity in Mm. all different things from race to sex to to appearance and size, and I just think Mm. it's wonderful. Like our children that will raise will be in a world where there's Mm. a little bit more openness and people are more willing to share their stories too because – they see the the positive effects of sharing yeah, yeah. all these different stories. So, yeah. I yeah, I love that. Because you know yeah. as well, like, I feel like now the world's a little bit more, like, you're not just listening to a very marginal, like, group of people's stories. Like, we're listening to more people's stories. And the one of the greatest things about having a facial difference, I think, in probably the last, I'd probably only go as far as saying two years. Like I remember growing up and anytime anybody had like a scar or something that looked different on their face, they were the villain, they were the baddie. They were either someone to be scared of or someone that was, you know, doing the bad thing. And, you know, even in like the, the most recent James Bond, the, the villain in it had like facial scars and there was a whole thing about like, surely you know we've we've progressed past that point where you can you know the love interest could have a facial birthmark like it's we live in a world where that can happen you know and it's like we're not just bad it's really nice to be in part of those like conversations where you can talk about that and you can see that that's starting to come through more yeah absolutely and I'm gonna just shift gears here for a second Mm -hmm. to talk about your journey into publishing um yeah sure I would love to know more about how you you know you had this idea that you wanted to write a book and then you were able to draw upon inspiration and your creativity and your expertise and your talent really because you're quite talented but I'm just wondering how did you get your idea from in your head to on paper and into a bookstore (laughs) 
<laughs> um, it was a long process. <laughs> is yes, that's what every, every writer says, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yes a long very emotionally draining process but it was a good one um I guess like, like I said I was always the child of the head in the books and things I always had a wild imagination so I knew I wanted to center a book around bullying and I felt like I had a lot of lived experience that I could put into the characters when talking about emotions so it would feel you know genuine when you read it you kind of well hopefully you kind of yes. connect with the characters um and so I think I just I guess I just wrote I just sat down and wrote and then um it was a lot of sending it off to different places and sending it off to publishers, getting feedback from people and friends. But I actually think that was the hardest thing for me because for so long, I didn't really admit that I wanted to write. I was always like, oh, that's just something I do. But to kind of own that and be like, no, actually, I think I've got a story to tell. I feel passionately about this. I'm going to put it on paper and go further with it. That was a really big shift. And I think even when I was published, probably, <laughs> probably up until... I'm, well, even now I struggle saying it. I wouldn't say I'm an author I'd always be like oh I've just done this thing and they'd be like what yes. I was like oh I've just written a book <laughs> and yeah. like really downplay it yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> oh my goodness that is so powerful as well what you're saying about having this feeling inside like what we've achieved not that we don't think we're worthy of it but it's like mm. do I have a story to tell and and you kind of yeah. keep it to yourself and inside you have this mm. burning desire and you know that it's going to be an important story to share. But mm. it is so true that we go through this almost internal journey of mm. do we want to say something? Do we dance with saying something? Yeah. How are we going to say it? Will people want to hear it? And yeah, I just think like more people should have the insight to be able to be like no I am gonna share this mm. no matter what happens yes. we just get, I'm just gonna we do get it fearful <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna do it yeah. see what happens screw it you know yeah, yeah. I think and that's the, it's the scariest thing about writing a book is that you can feel that but you know that when you put it out there I suppose it's like any other like creating a piece of art or something is that you know it's the fear of judgment I don't know how else to word it is that especially when you put a lot of yourself into the book or something you've created it's knowing that someone's going to look at it and be like oh, I didn't like that and I think that's really hard when you know you feel like you've got a story to tell and it feels really personal but then obviously everyone's allowed an opinion but it's that part where you're like oh but it's so scary to do that to put yourself out there like that is terrifying Yes, it's but you're so vulnerable when you do do that, mm. right? Like you're just putting it all out there and it's something that you've worked so hard for. Not yeah. only have you put time and effort into it, but it also has a piece of you in it mm. and that yeah. is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so worth it. so scary. <laughs> yes, but then I imagine the feeling of, you know, the validation of you've achieved mm. something that was on your list of goals it, it must just feel incredible oh absolutely like it, it is it sounds really cheesy but it is literally a dream come true and I think there's it's one of those things that you kind of almost pinch yourself that you get to to do that and I think one of the most humbling and like I guess rewarding parts since publishing the book and kind of stepping into that kind of advocacy for birthmarks and stuff a bit more has been talking with other people that have been bullied or that have like facial differences and just the fact that people read something that they connect with and then want to share that experience with you. I think that's something I didn't expect at all. And it's really kind of, yeah, it's just humbling to be like, oh, it's really just an amazing feeling. It's, it's sometimes obviously the stories are really sad, but to know that someone's read that and then trusts you with their story, like it's definitely humbling. Yeah, my goodness. 
I completely feel that it's it's one of the reasons that I started this podcast is just to encourage mm. people that their stories it might be therapeutic for them to share it it might mm. help them grow they might you know stem, stumble into a new opportunity it might be a dream that they've always had to share it but one of the most incredible things about sharing your story is the connection that you can build with people and the yeah. community that you'll build from it and I am so passionate about about teaching people about that so thank you for mentioning mm. that that really resonates with me as well mm. I'm and, not worried it's honestly it's one of the best bits about it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's so special and in the face of adversity and setbacks, is there any advice that you'd give to someone that's maybe listening, that's thinking that they mm. want to go down the traditional publishing route? Um, I know it's so cheesy. I used to remember listening to things um, or reading articles and it was like, don't give up. And I'd be like, oh, so easy to say. Yes. But the, the answer is don't give up. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It, it's one of those things I was genuinely ready to give up. Um, I was like, oh, sick of sick of this. And that's when I got my publishing deal. It was my last round of things that oh. I sent out and then it happened. But I was so close to giving up. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. That's a twist of fate for you. <laughs> yes. It's one of those things where you kind of look back and you think if I had, because I think I'd have, I'd have given up and then six months later have gone, no, I know I've got the story to tell and I'd have gone back to it. But yes. it's just that you've just, you've got to have so much resilience. And I think it's one of the, it's such a hard thing to have and maintain because it's, you know, we can all be resilient for a week, but to do it over a really prolonged period of time and take knockbacks and like, there were so many messages I got that were like, almost good enough and you'd be like oh. Oh, <laughs> and it was yeah. so hard yeah you're like but I want it so badly um so I'm sorry but the message would be don't give up and yeah. you can do it if you think you if you feel like you've got a story to tell then chances are you have a story to tell yes don't give up and you can do it I, I so agree and I know you're really passionate about sharing with your online community about you know some of the tips and tricks about publishing <laughs> and and how to kind of get over the line. So I'll make sure I share all of your details in the notes for the episode. And, oh, you know, you. I know, yeah, of course. And I know you've got your next book that's coming out towards the end of the year. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I can't release an official date yet, no. but it will be the end of this year. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. And you've got um, obviously three book deals with your publisher. So that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if you could maybe share what's next for Jess and her creativity and her storytelling. Very exciting. Well, very excitingly, there is book two. Yes. <laughs> so we'll be kind of ramping up to um, doing the promotion stuff. And then I've got my idea for my third book. Um, I feel like all I was very kind of I knew when I wanted to do my writing, I wanted each book to talk about something that I felt passionate about um, or that I feel like an issue for women or some, just something kind of in the world that we don't always talk about. Um, so my first one is about bullying. One of the big themes in my second one is kind of like toxic masculinity and that impact that it has on, I guess, relationships in the world and, you know, how we as women grow up being told you need to meet someone and fall in love and like oh, that, that's yes. kind of all we can aspire to be and then like we live in a world now where that's shifting but it's still there and it's this that the struggle between that so there's just the certain themes that I wanted to put in on my next book well the one I'm going to write next is going to be about I think violence against women and things like that because um I was a victim of sexual assault when I was younger and I feel like it's one of those things that it's hard to write about but I think 
like survivor stories are just so important so I think that's what's next to me oh wow incredible well I can't wait to read all of your books and really just get a sense of who you are through your writing which is what I think makes you such an incredible writer is that you are writing about things that you're passionate about and it comes across even in your voice when you're talking about it so thank you for sharing and opening up and not being afraid to listen to those little bits <laughs> of fear in your head and just going for it and taking all your advice it's it's incredible and to wrap up our conversation I have one last question for you um, if you were mentoring your younger self what would you tell her about stepping into her storytelling power uh, I would say it's scarier than you think like you, you make it scarier in your head than you think when you actually do it there is nothing that feels better than actually being like this is my story I'm going to own it I'm going to share it and I've done it like this is me um yeah I would definitely say your fears more in your head than actually there yes wonderful okay well thank you so much thank you so much A Just You podcast listener got in touch with me with a question that I now feel is so perfect, (laughs) perfect to kick off our workshop for episode three. So her name's Amy. Amy asked, and she said this, it was adorable, just me asking, which I thought was really cute and I will probably be adopting that Amy. So hashtag just me asking, once you have your vision of where you want to go, where you want to be and where you think your story lies, how do you show up there as yourself, making sure that you stay authentic in your storytelling? And this could not be a better question for where I wanted to go with this workshop. So far, we've discussed assessing your current story, the narrative of now and how important that is. Episode two was all about putting together the pieces of your puzzle and understanding where you want or where you need your story to go. And so today, it's perfect. I want to touch on how to show up as you in your story and how important and impactful that can be. And I'll be discussing intentions soon enough, but today, I really want to give you some pointers on the theme of how to stay authentic throughout your storytelling. Finding your authentic truth in the creative process is such an important tool because you can't really go wrong if you're just being you. It's what paints our inspiration and it makes our stories unique and interesting. There is always an audience for your specific story and medium. It's just about finding those people. And, you know, that's one of the questions that I get all the time. So how do you find those people? How do you connect? And it's really simple. It's literally by just being you. I tell my clients all the time that I personally wouldn't tell stories about anything I don't know or I haven't experienced And the same should go for them when you're speaking from your own experience. When you're speaking from your truth, you never want to lie. And there's some gray areas in here to consider. I think that often people get kind of stunted with their storytelling with these feelings of limits, afraid that they don't have enough experience yet or that they haven't been classically trained or that their experience was muted or not as colorful as someone else's. And they can go on comparing stories and feeling less than. But here's the thing, your expertise comes in your experience. You've experienced something through your unique lens. Take this for example. You might not be a registered psychologist, 
but perhaps you've lived through some sort of trauma, then those learnings, those traumatic experiences, that creative inspiration that comes from that lived experience, that is what you should share. That's the voice that you should share it from. Create it from your experience, not as the psychologist, as you and to your story. You've been living your life. You are the expert in that. And you've got a story, a perspective that you can share in whatever way that that comes through. With knowing this comes like a true confidence because your stories are just an expression of what you know to be true and no one else can take that from you. So this is your homework. You've got the existing, you've got the vision. So now craft out space for the you to step into that vision. Get intentional with your thoughts and check in with yourself in a non-judgmental way. I, I call it meditating, but we can call it whatever you like. Your aim is just to get into a state of calm and create space for the authentic you to emerge and give their thoughts on where to go next. So ask yourself, where am I with my vision? What unique piece do I bring to my vision? Why am I an expert on my vision? How do I show up for my vision? And how do I stay me in my vision? I'll leave this here with you. Please be sure to rate, subscribe and review to get the word out there about just you and help other storytellers step into their power. If you have a question that you think would make for a great workshop question, then please write me an Apple review or email me and start it with hashtag just me asking before you dive into your question. Thanks guys and look forward to connecting next week.